When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Cog Hill Golf and Country Club. You guys have heard me talk about Cog Hill, and you've probably seen many photos from me if you follow me on social media. I love Cog. They've got all the great things you could possibly want at a public golf course. They've got four great courses, including the world-famous Dubs Dread. And they've got so many new things happening at their driving range that you just want to go check it out because you could literally spend the whole day there. Go out to coghillgolf.com to learn more. We're also brought to you by our friends over at WorldwideGolfShops.com. You guys have heard me talk about them every single week as well. They've been good partners over the last few months, and they have everything you could possibly need to get you on the golf course. They've got accessories, training aids, apparel. They've got all the new equipment, and they have deals every single day. Go out to WorldwideGolfShops.com today. Last but certainly not least are our friends over at Cleveland, Srixon, Zegzio, and Asics. I have been playing their equipment for... Over two years now, they've been great partners as well, and I continue to enjoy everything that they offer across all their brands. So if you're looking for a new set of irons, if you're looking for new woods, wedges, even apparel and shoes, they've got you covered. Cleveland's Rickson, Zegzio, and Asics. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, Adam Fonseca. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. This is the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, and I'm your host as always, Adam, from GolfUnfiltered.com. That's right, folks, the website is back. Yeah. You know, no one's ever said that I know what the heck I'm doing when I do this, but at any rate, for those who don't know, just to kind of explain some of the confusion, uh, I did uh, shut down the website uh, briefly for a few weeks, and admittedly, it was right around the time when it was time to renew the website, and, um, you know, originally, I had thought about different ways to engage with all of you. And knowing that there are many different ways to engage with the game, and I was able to talk to a few friends in the industry as well as others that... uh, kind of do things on both sides of the spectrum where they continue to host a website in addition to all the work they do on social and podcast and whatever else. And I think ultimately there's no right or wrong answer here. Uh, But for me, what I noticed is that there are some benefits still to having that website up, which is why it has returned. And so you can go out to uh, golfunfiltered.com and look at all the great things that we have up there. And we've had for many Many years, we've had that website for a long time, including now the uh, direct link to my book. That's right. If you follow me on all of our social channels at Golf Unfiltered, you have seen that I have re-released my book, The Bag Room. I am holding a copy right now in my hand because it is available uh, through paperback as well as digital copy. I hope that you go out there. And if you like stories just about growing up, learning the game of golf, working at a private golf course like I did for many years, 10 years to be exact, as well as just some ridiculous stories of people behaving badly, you may enjoy the bag room. So it's a quick read. It's uh, pretty pretty brief, actually, and I think you will enjoy it. And I appreciate all of you who have already purchased the copy and have given me feedback from it as well. It's a very nerve-wracking thing, uh, putting something like that out. So I hope you enjoy it, though. 
Quick reminder, we are powered by our friends over at secondcitygolf.com. And of course, that includes Bill Bush over at uh, drivingrangeheroes.com and Chris McEwen of McEwen Media. You know him as the host of Golf Origin Stories, his fantastic podcast that you can subscribe to, you know, on all the major podcast providers because he's a fancy fellow, as well as that Range Life. Those two guys host that. It's a YouTube show, uh, sometimes about golf, on Chris's YouTube channel. Okay. Just going to be us today, folks, and this is interesting because I actually recorded an entire episode yesterday uh, talking more about just COVID and how it continues to be a thing in the golf world, in the world in general, and people were having to withdraw from the U.S. I'm sorry, from the British Open or the Open Championship, whatever, uh, as well as the Barbasol, the opposite field event that was going on at the same time. And it was a pretty melancholy episode. It was me voicing a lot of frustrations with vaccine hesitancy, as well as all sorts of different things and how it's going to impact everybody. But then today, I'm recording this on Thursday, the week of the Open, and all hell breaks loose (laughs) as it relates to Bryson. Bryson DeChambeau, once again, Uh, I've said this before, and I will continue to say it. He is the needle at this point in professional golf, good or bad. And let me tell you, this was not his finest hour today. And for those who might not know what I'm referring to, uh, he finished his first round, uh, the opening round of the the British Open, and during a press conference, uh, essentially said that his driver sucks. Not essentially, he he literally said that, and... uh, it was interesting because if you see the whole quote, and I'll actually go into it here in a little bit, you can tell at some point when he says that phrase that the driver sucks, his expression almost changes slightly, or at least it did to me. And he has an option there to either clarify and say something like, because I'm just struggling off the tee, in which case it's not necessarily blaming the piece of equipment, because why would anyone want to do that, even though golfers do it everywhere across the world every day? But instead, he went the other direction and doubled down on it. Doubled down? Doubled down on it. <laughs> His, continue, to continue the quote, he says, It's not a good face for me, meaning the driver face, and we're still trying to figure out how to make it good on the mishits. <laughs> I'm living on the razor's edge. Oh, oh, hold on. <laughs> I'm living on the razor's edge like I've told people for a long time. Okay. So... Uh, He definitely uh, went all in on blaming the equipment here. And the reason for my laughter there is not just because I think this guy is a complete loony, um, but instead he he goes so far as to say he needs to uh, basically rein in the mishits because he knows he's going to have them regardless of him slowing down or, you know, maybe putting a ball in play, you know, with something less than a driver. No, he's going to go balls out and he's going to continue to swing as hard as he can. And he needs something that's going to minimize that. And he goes on to say that he's living on the razor's edge. Like this is the most dramatic phrase you could possibly say for something like this. And he's been telling people for a long time. So in essence, what he's implying is that His manufacturer that he works with for his equipment, Cobra Golf, who I'm sure pay him a ton of money to play his products and work very closely with him on all of the things that he puts in his bag, he's essentially implying that they're not listening to him. That's that's basically what he's saying. So, time goes on. People start laughing it up on Twitter. I know I did. It was just something that you don't typically see, really, ever. A player throwing one of his sponsors under the bus essentially is exactly what happened. Well, 
time goes on, and then eventually, uh, someone from Golf Week, David Dusek, he's a very well-known uh, reporter, of course, in the game of golf, he actually reaches out to a Cobra rep. Coincidentally, it's the same Cobra rep that was uh, on Bryson's bag after Bryson's caddy quit. Or, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the mutual separation between Bryson and Tim Tucker, whatever. So he goes and he reaches out to this Cobra rep, and I'm looking at Golf Week right now where the uh, original article um, is displayed, or it appears, rather. And the guy's name is Ben Showman. I hope I'm saying his name right, and I apologize if I'm not. Ben Showman uh, was getting ready for breakfast in Michigan at the time of this press conference that I referenced earlier. He is Cobra's tour operations manager, and like I said, he's the man who caddied for DeChambeau, and I'm reading right from the article, two weeks ago at the Rocket Mortgage Classic after the split with Tim Tucker. So Dave David gets on the call with, with uh, Ben Showman and says, uh, you know, what did you think of this? What, I'm assuming, like, tell us your thoughts on this. Well, Ben goes in to say, and this is coming from the Cobra rep, everybody is bending over backwards. We've got multiple guys in R&D who are CADing, which stands for Computer Aided Design, this and CADing that, uh, trying to get this and that into the pipeline faster. Bryson knows it, he says. He goes on to say it's just really, really painful when he says something that stupid. Oh, my goodness. And so you could just imagine what happened from there. Twitter continues to just erupt. And at this point, both Bryson and Cobra have a PR disaster. It's it's everything that you could possibly not want to have in a situation that involves the highest profile golfer in the world right now, arguably, and their equipment manufacturer. This is ridiculous. It's absolutely asinine. So anyway, uh, the article goes on to describe a little bit more context with what's going on. So as we know, if you play, if you pay attention closely. Uh, to what players are playing, uh, Bryson plays a Cobra Rad Speed driver. It's their newest driver. It's 46 inches long for him, and he's got something ridiculous like five degrees of loft. Uh, we, I think, at one point, or it may even be now, he had a putter that had more loft than his driver. The conversation between uh, David and Ben Showman continues, and Showman goes on to say he has never really been happy ever. Like it's very rare where he's happy. Again, of course, speaking about Bryson. Now he's in a place where he's swinging a 5-degree driver with 200 miles per hour of ball speed. Everybody is looking for a magic bullet. Well, the magic bullet becomes harder and harder to find the faster you swing and the lower your loft gets. So, Showman, in R&D, I imagine, he's a rep. He's, he, he talks a lot with the people in R&D if he's not in R&D. And he's speaking truth right now. He's 100% right. As uh, just physics will tell you, and I'm no engineer here, but we've had plenty on the show to talk about it, and they would validate this. The longer a driver gets, the lower that a loft, uh, a driver's loft gets, and the faster that that thing goes, you're going to have some accuracy problems. And unfortunately, Bryson didn't have a good driving day in his first round. He was in a lot of crap. Royal St. George is just a weird layout. It's got all sorts of bumps and, and hills and really tall grass, as you would expect. Uh, at Royal St. George, or any golf course in the British Open Rota, and he was upset. And what does he do? He throws his equipment manufacturer under the bus. And let's be completely clear here. There is no other way to shrug that off or to explain what that was. He decided to blame his equipment 
for his poor performance. Okay. Now, clearly, Bryson being the lightning rod that he is, he's going to elicit a response from this. Now, at the time of this recording, it is, what time is it? It's late afternoon, still Thursday. We haven't heard anything yet from Bryson. I imagine that he and his team, his agent, are probably putting together some sort of apology tour uh, because you just don't do that. You just don't throw your equipment manufacturer under the bus like that, and certainly not in a public you know, setting as a press conference in a major, internationally, by the way. Um, but he's not the only pro. Let's just be fair here. He's not the first pro to have said something about his equipment. I mean, Tiger used to say a lot of things, for example, uh, when he was making equipment changes. We remember some of the equipment changes that Rory McIlroy made. Now, none of them uh, came out and said something to the degree of the driver sucks. <laughs> so maybe Bryson's to be commended, I guess, a little bit. I don't know. I'm trying to give this guy a bone here. Uh, where he spoke his mind. He was certainly frustrated in the moment, and maybe that was exactly what he wanted to convey. Uh, I would imagine that's not watered down in any way. But there's also a certain sense of professionalism that you want to maintain, even for those, as, well, especially with those sponsors that back you up and support you and have supported you every step of the way. Now, we come to learn as well, uh, and I've not verified this, but what I understand that is that Bryson often requests multiple prototypes of driver heads, and I imagine that extends throughout the bag, to get something down that he prefers. And we all know how particular he is. And again, he's not the first touring pro to be super particular about his equipment. Again, a you know obvious comparison is that to Tiger, where we have heard stories of where he wanted his ball flight, his trajectory, to be within a certain window with his irons. And if it wasn't there, then he would move on to the next set of irons. I'm not saying that Bryson has to be you know, all lovey-dovey with everyone that he gets in touch with. But for crying out loud, you do not go down this path. Now, on the other side of things, I guarantee you that Mr. Ben Showman, and I wish no ill will towards anyone, I bet he's having his own fair share of PR uh, conversations right now with Cobra. I guarantee you that that statement that he did, or it wasn't even really a statement, it was an interview that he provided to Golf Week, I guarantee you that was not vetted. I'm sure Cobra saw that come out, and they were like, what is going on right now? So now you've got the two sides, like I said before. You've got Bryson's team, you've got Cobra, and you've got a lot of people trying to clean up what could be a very big mess. Now, if we take a couple steps back, we have to realize that there are a lot of good people that are involved in making all these things happen. You know, I've had the opportunity and the privilege of meeting many people uh, who design the golf clubs over at Cobra, and they're all great. I mean, some of the things that they've got going on over there is just absolutely mind-boggling. And while I might not agree with, you know, some of the things that one of their players does on the golf course, you know, I, I think Bryson is a character that there's a, there is much bad that comes with it as there is good. And certainly Cobra is, and, and Puma, because they have such a tight partnership, those two, um, they are not the only brands that support Bryson. There's Bridgestone. There's countless others. In fact, if you ever heard him win a tournament, he will go down the list of all of them, which actually brings up another point. For someone that likes to do that and to thank all of his sponsors when he does 
uh, when he is successful, to do something like this is just it, it further emphasizes how how bad this was just from a a perception standpoint um, or an optic standpoint rather. But there are people that are really trying to make this guy successful, and. What happens now? I have no idea. I mean, do we think that Bryson hitches his wagon to another brand? I mean, I would imagine, I still think at least right now, that Cobra probably begins to distance themselves a little bit. Because look at it from their perspective. Now they've got someone who is a very talented player, one of the best in the world, and he just said what he said. And so there's that risk factor. You have to do a little bit of a risk assessment now. If this guy could go out at any given moment, completely unprovoked, uh, other than having a poor round of golf, and then basically just shit all over your brand, I mean, that's that's a huge risk. And do you want to take that on? Is the ROI enough to take on that level of risk? I don't know. I think there are a few brands. And again, I'm just brainstorming here, folks. I don't. I haven't heard anything. I don't know anything more than what you probably know. There are probably a few brands that would be willing to take that risk. I'm thinking PXG. I mean, for all... Talk about a marriage made in heaven there, right? Bryson and PXG. Bob Parsons don't care. He's going to bring as much positive attention or negative attention, I guess, to whatever they do. Uh, Ping. Let's talk about a brand that really hasn't had a major influence in the game, you know, for a few years now, in my opinion. I mean, uh, what, I think Tony Finau plays their driver. Who else? Bubba still? I mean, is he still the face of Ping? Who knows? I'm sure there's names that I'm missing, but nothing immediately comes to mind. Um, But you also have to think that there are some brands that will not get anywhere near it. You know, TaylorMade, I would guess probably doesn't. They've got enough players under their stable right now. Callaway certainly doesn't want anything to do with that. Uh, Titleist, mm -mm, absolutely not. I mean, if you've ever been to the PGA show, they got those clean white coats and they don't want any splatter on those. So they're not going to bring Bryson onto their stable either. But there is the tremendous upside as well. If this guy continues to do what he's doing with uh, not only his swing, but also succeeding uh, for the most part. I mean, he's doing that with your equipment. You are able to work alongside, admittedly, one of or arguably one of the best minds in the game from a player's standpoint. Um, is that enough? Is that enough to kind of, you know, tip the scales into the pro category as opposed to the con? I, I don't know. It, it's going to be very interesting moving forward. It's, it's great to hear because the people over at both Cobra and Bridgestone, uh, and I know Bridgestone has nothing to do with the comments that Bryson made, but, you know, those two are the big brands that people think of when they think equipment for Bryson. And, you know... Again, these are people that are working extremely hard to make this guy successful. I'd imagine it's not an easy thing to just go ahead and and put all your money or put all your you know their golf balls in in the Bryson basket. Uh, and we just continue to learn new ways that this guy just completely turns everything on its head. I mean, this is completely unheard of, you know. And perhaps in a day or so. You know, if I were to record this episode again, maybe I feel a little bit differently, but I can't think of a time where, again, with all due respect to past players who have mentioned things about their equipment before, I can't remember a time where it was so explicit, so negative, and the response from someone from the brand, so immediate, uh, 
as it was in this whole situation. So let me know your thoughts on the whole thing too. You can reach me, Adam, at golfunfiltered.com. You know where to find me on social media, at golfunfiltered. And let's keep the conversation going. So I thank you for tuning in. Uh, Just a really quick uh, final second plug, I guess. Go out and read The Bag Room. It's available on Amazon uh, in paperback or digital. And uh, hey, do me a favor. It's still a crazy world out there. You know, go take care of yourselves. Do everything that you can to do your part to make sure that we can get back to normal as soon as possible uh, because uh, a lot of people count on it. You know what I'm talking about. So anyway, all right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back again next week.